Hi, I'm Carla. And I'm Kristen. We are the co-hosts of Perimenopause OMG. We're friends, moms, wives, and athletes. And we're going through some stuff. That stuff is called perimenopause. OMG, you guys, no one talks about it. Till now. We're here to talk about all of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the funny. So sit back and relax. Hold on to your butts. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Kyla. How you doing? I'm good. We um we we missed an episode because you had some excitement going on in we your life. We did. It was it was well worth um, postponing this episode. Uh, my son and his 10U Little League team made it uh, their district champions, their section champions, and they came in second in state. Amazing. So we were in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which is um, just outside of Pittsburgh. And we were there for uh, eight days. Yeah, <laughs> playing in states. I did not expect to take a summer vacation. There. I did not <laughs> expect to um, vacation in Greensburg, PA with 13 mm-hmm. 10-year-old boys mm-hmm. and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, we have a very, very special team. There's no outliers. There's no, um, you know, quote unquote, troublemakers, everyone gets along, mm-hmm. they hold each other up, they're supportive, they're respectful, mm-hmm. you know, for being 10 year old boys, right. they're as respectful as we, we wish they, them to be. Right. Um, and all of the families get along. Mm-hmm. So it was really, I mean, there were times where we were like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. But uh, we rented an Airbnb for, for families, including mine we rented an airbnb for four nights and we had the whole team over for mm. family dinner yeah um and the airbnb was huge it was most likely haunted um <laughs> which when the boys were being bold we told them the ghosts were going to come out and get them <laughs> and it was just lovely it was right by the river uh and we just had a really nice time and then we went to a hotel and the entire most of the team stayed in this hotel so that was you know a challenge, but the hotel staff was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we made friends with everybody. We were, you know, we worked with the staff. So when the boys got a little bit crazy, we reeled them in and there was a pool and it was just, it was really nice. And um, I have to thank all of our listeners for reaching out and wishing my son and his team luck. They played really well and it was a really fun um, adventure of baseball for the last three weeks. Um, yeah. And I, I have to tell you, uh, there was a clip, a video clip on social media where a pitcher of a little league team mm-hmm. accidentally hit the batter of yeah. the uh, you know opposing team. Right. I saw that. Players from the kid who was hit, that team, came out and, and consoled the, the pitcher. It was and- actually the kid that was hit. Oh, it was the kid that was hit. He came off of first because he went to first base. And he saw the, the pitcher couldn't shake it. Right. Yeah. So that that act of kindness doesn't happen a lot, but the pitcher does always get rattled, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes with certain pitchers who are extremely um, empathetic, they really get rattled so much that they can't 
continue right. pitching. Although that, I mean, I, I weeped when I saw the video, it really reminded me of, of H and his team because they have that kind of camaraderie and respect mm-hmm. and respect for the game. And they know a pitcher, if they can't shake it, even if it's an op, you know, the mm-hmm. opposing team, I can see a couple of our boys when all said and done, they, they really are learning the game and mm-hmm. respect and yeah. Yeah. It's well, cool. And I, I thought it was really cool to see like the pictures of how after H's team played a local team out there, they all had pizza together yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Two teams. And they, it was amazing. And we, I mean, we played them in States. So we, this opposing team that we play, we play all the time. We scrimmage them because we're all friends. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy to watch how they were business on the field mm-hmm. and then turned around and were best buddies yeah. in the in players village that's great it was really cool it was a really cool experience yeah one that I'll never forget and I know my son oh um, no he'll never forget. never forget it no, no. that's amazing and yeah. congrats to him again yeah thanks um another thing before we start our episode and introduce our episode is omg where did the summer go I know <laughs> <laughs> we were brazen to be like yeah and we'll like record so much and we'll have all this time and what yeah life life I mean I blame <laughs> baseball I guess I can blame baseball but whoever the people are that remind you or remind us moms that you only have eight summers left mm-hmm. or you only have right. six summers left right. and with your oldest you have two two summers <laughs> left so like you don't want to take away from that mm-hmm. right? I know I know I know and he has been working almost every day yeah this summer so it, it's which I'm glad he's doing and he's having a great time doing it he's yes, lifeguarding he's lifeguarding hanging out and you know meeting new people and he picks up extra shifts and so you know he's enjoying it and I'm glad that he's doing it but then he also can't do family stuff that like you know even if, if I'm like all right let's go to the beach for the day he he can't, can't pick come. up and go right because he is right yeah yeah so it's it's been a hard balance for that too absolutely so it's been a different summer because of it um but yeah I can't believe it's almost over I know. <laughs> and we'll go back to our reg- regular schedule and yeah. we'll probably get more podcasts out that way right, because we have to schedule <laughs> them, to schedule them. <laughs> so thinking about about my past three weeks and the experience that we had and the experience that um, my daughter had with the other siblings of the H's teammates and H and his team and the coaches. Um, I think it's it, it's a fitting introduction to talk about this episode. Yes. <laughs> and this episode is part of what we think will become like a, a series. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I hope so. I hope so too. And we're calling it if I only knew or if we only knew. Mm-hmm. I find myself in my 40s saying that much more often than I, I thought, you yeah. know, reflecting back on, on how I used to think about things and, and now how I interpret things. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's also like a, a fine line because maybe we were told some of these things when we were younger, like by our moms or, you know, by older adults in our lives, but we didn't have the capacity to understand them at that point. Right. Our prefrontal cortex <laughs> was not developed yet to just 
even process. Right. And plus my mom was always wrong. Right. <laughs> right? right. Like, so you didn't actually hear what she was saying. No, sorry, <laughs> mom, you were right. I right. really apologize. But when I was a teenager, even in my twenties, mm-hmm. I was like, she has no idea. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, she does. She actually went through it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So we're going to start this series. Ugh, it's OMG. If I only knew the first topic is going to be about relationships. Yeah. Relationships of all kinds. Of all kinds. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we're going to be able to squeeze that into 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. it might be a, a two-parter. Right. Um, but we're going to start it. And we invited my good friend, Courtney Cherry, to be on the podcast. And I think we're going to invite some different friends, right? My friends, your friends, maybe some mutual friends of ours Mm -hmm. to discuss these topics. Yeah. Like different perspective, different personalities and, you know, different points of view. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. All right. I am so excited to welcome one of my nearest and dearest friends to the podcast, Courtney Cherry. Welcome to Perimenopause OMG. OMG, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. Great job on the pod. I've been listening to every episode and you guys are doing a great job and I'm super excited to be here. Oh, thanks, Court. Thank you. So Court, can you tell our listeners um, what you do, how old you are, where you're from? Just give a like a quick brief intro, please. Awesome. Um, well, I am 41 years old which I still can't believe. Um, I know, it's crazy. Here we are. Um, I am the Managing Director of Global Communications for Havas Media Group, which is one of the largest uh, media agencies in the world. And essentially uh, what we do as an agency is, you know, if you're, I'll simplify it because it can be kind of technical, but essentially um, any advertising that you are served across any sort of media, there was probably an agency behind it that placed and bought that ad. And there's a whole you know, variety of things that go into it from investments to negotiation to tech and data and tools and all of that. Um, but I lead communications for the agency and it's a blast. It's super fun. It's like the intersection of tech and creativity and brands and innovation and it's really fun Mm -hmm. so we have a good time um i'm based in chicago i am the uh dog mom of two furry children named cheddar and henry who are the loves of my life and they are uh, the best they are the best (laughs) i mean so funny um and i'm married to my husband justin we've been married for about Five and a half years, and I have two stepsons who are twins, uh, age 26. Awesome. Excellent. Can we just get into the dog's names? Um, yes. Cheddar is a phenomenal name, and Henry is like a little old man. So like, how Correct. did you get this? It, it seems like a, I don't know, discrepancy between the two. So can you just explain those names a little bit? Sure. So Cheddar, I mean, as Carla knows, I sort of have a cheese thing. Like I love, I love cooking with cheese. I love cheese boards. Um, my Peloton, my tele- like- yeah, my Peloton leaderboard name is Bikes for Cheese. Um, and so when I adopted Cheddar, who is a rescue basset hound, 
Um, she has her own Instagram profile, FYI, if anyone wants to give her a follow. To we'll put it right in the show notes. Yes, to follow her Bassett shenanigans because she is a real, real personality. She's a re- she's a total Bassett named the cheese. Like the she's cheese. just so it's like ham and cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, stinky yeah. cheese, cheddar. It was just perfect. I just like it. Just it just felt it just felt right. And then Henry. We and you had the cheese. You had the cheese before you were married, right? Correct. This she's was Courtney. My, yeah. and I came to the marriage as a package deal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then she's a very nervous dog, as many Bassets are. Just has some separation anxiety and all of that. And she was a rescue, so my vet advised us to get a second dog. So we adopted Henry from a local rescue shelter here. And there was a whole sort of family meeting about like, what are we going to name the dog? And Henry was the one we, um, we agreed on. And it's very fitting because he is truly a gentleman and very kind and very thoughtful and just the best guy ever. Oh, I love that. So the one dog is like a ham and cheesy. cheese. And then the other one's like a grandfather and they look out for each other. Totally, totally. Henry is obsessed with cheddar, like completely codependent, follows her around everywhere. She's sort of like, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, cheddar couldn't give a shit. She likes him. Yeah. Like she's she's a queen. She's very, very, I know she's very concerned with feeding times. She's on the clock. Yes. Yes, actually. I mean, mean, we're recording this podcast during sort of pre-dinner period and I I uh I went ahead and put food in their bowls because I didn't want to be disrupted during the podcast mm-hmm. okay perfect <laughs> gotta stick to a schedule we got it exactly exactly <laughs> I know Kristen knows this but our listeners don't know this Courtney and I have been friends since 1999 1999 um so Courtney and I go back to college days at Boston University and we thought it would be very fitting to invite Courtney onto this episode. Um, It's the first episode of the series If I Only Knew and this episode we are going to discuss relationships Mm -hmm. and um, one of my dearest and oldest friends who is Courtney, um, said yes, that she would love to come on and and talk about relationships. So before we really get into any discussions of specific relationships, I want to ask everyone, you know, what does the word relationship mean to you? What do you you think of um, when you think of a relationship? Mm -hmm. when, When I first sort of thought about this, and Courtney, you and I were texting back and forth, about uh, this series idea. And the first thing I think of with relationship is a romantic relationship. Agreed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I think about it further, I, I'm lucky enough to not have a very complicated romantic relationship. My, I've been married to Al for 12 years. We've been together for 20 years. I'm sure we'll get into um, that later but you know that relationship is is good so I put that mm-hmm. to the side and then I think about other relationships and they're much more complicated so what, what do you think like 
you think you said, Kristen, you think about romantic first or I mean, the first when you say a relationship and I think that maybe that's just because like in quotes, a relationship, I'm in a relationship like, yeah, romantic is the first one that comes to mind. Um, but there's so many others that are just as important. Um, and I feel like, you know, it, since we're talking about if I only knew, um, I feel like when I was younger, like when I was in high school, it was like, oh, that's my boyfriend. And those are my best friends. And that's my family. Label. But, yeah. Right. The labels, the yeah. labels of those specific groups. And like, oh, those are the, you know, the friends on my sports team, or those are the friends in my classes. And it was like very separate. But as we get older, like I've realized how fluid it is, like how people are, you know, there's, you have friends, but they feel like family or, you know, you have your romantic relationship, but you're also friends with that person. You have to be. Right. So just like the fluidity of all of those relationships, um, is not something that I learned to appreciate until honestly, like, like this age yeah. or within the past several years. I yeah. completely agree. I completely agree with you, Kristen. I think the fluidity is something that is definitely in much clearer focus now for me at this age than it was 10, 15 years ago, for sure. And I think when I think about relationships, I think about it in like, it's almost the connective tissue that in terms of, it's the connective tissue to how we experience the world. I mean, you can have a relationship with your person at Starbucks who makes your coffee every morning that you see, or if you are- 100%. They don't even know you, but you think you have that relationship with them. That's 100%. But there's part, there's part, there's that rapport, right? You know, I have this neighbor, Pat, who, you know, I don't, she's not my closest friend and or anything like that. She's in her 80s. She's a widow. And, but like, I see her, I have a relationship with her, right? Like it's, and it's, it's just as awesome as it, you know, it would be if it was somebody super close. So I think, and I think you're right. I think even within the constructs of whether it's a romantic relationship, like you have to be friends with them. I also think, I think about it a lot within the context of work, right? Because part of my job is relationships and I'm, I'm most successful at work when I have really, really strong relationships at work. And I've made a lot of incredible friends at work too. So it's, it's very, very fluid. So just kind of thinking about what you said, Courtney, like, so relationships are really like what sustains us. Those, mm -hmm. those things that we have with other people and albeit like if they're small and just someone that we're familiar with at Starbucks, or I have a, a friend that Carla knows that, um, she works with me, but lives in Carla's neighborhood. Um, she is friends with the toll booth worker and she goes on the way to work every morning. Like she goes to that specific toll booth. They greet each other every day. And that's part of her comfort yeah, and her morning that. routine. So like something that a relationship is something that feeds you and helps sustain you. And in whatever connection that is, like how much you know about someone might not necessarily matter. Matter. I mean, my dog walker, who I see three times a week, who takes my dogs um, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I mean, she is like a critical part of my day-to-day. -day. She's a huge part of how our household runs officially. Operates, right? 
Um, she is my dog consigliere. If something is going on with them, I can call. Um, and she was, you know, and she's been there for me, you know, through even, you know, personal losses I've had, you know, she showed up for me. Right. And this is not somebody that, you know, is what would be considered like a close friend, but it's a very, very rich and fulfilling relationship. So a relationship is something that gives you that emotional stability or happiness or connection that helps you have connections with the world. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the sort of, I don't know if we're in like a post COVID period, but certainly in the sort of post lockdown period, I, I don't know. I just feel like relationships feel even more important now than they ever did. And I feel like we're also in this place where we were, we were alone and isolated and not able to nurture our relationships in the way that we had been used to. And I'm observing, at least in in my life, in my orbit, there's almost like this boomerang effect where it's like, now it's like, I just want to spend time with people. I want to be with people. I want to reconnect with people. And I just see that being something that people are going to be leaning into for a while while we navigate this sort of next, next phase of COVID. Since we're, we talked about being friends, let's start with a a friendship relationship. And I really love Kristen, how you said, you know, in high school, we had our friends, like I was a cheerleader. So I had my cheerleading friends. I had my base friends that were friends since elementary school. I had my concert going friends, right? And and they, they were in different sort of silos mm-hmm. and they very rarely even cross paths, mm-hmm. which to me now is like, whack-a-doodle like that is crazy to me and I hope my children don't have that siloed approach I don't even I don't know if, if that's what happens anymore in schools but that that was how I started with friendships I think that it's it's all growth like right when you're younger your friends are going to be the ones that you have common interests with Sure. Like that's how you get to know people. That's how you get an in somewhere. So whether it's a team or a club or a class or whatever else that you have together, like that is your commonality. And like, how deep do you talk to those people? Or do you like only talk about that sport the, the sport, or that activity or, the, yeah, or, that or class? the chem class? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Like, and it depends, but I feel like that's, that's like getting your foot in the door. Right. So like, that's how you first learned to start friendships like oh they have something in common with me I can talk to them about it but then it's all of this growth that continues from there so like from there then you go to college and like how how do you meet friends in college how do you get to know people in college like it's so true it's so true like think about like I remember being in elementary school and your your full happiness on, on the year depended on like which class you got assigned to and who was in that class, in class. like 100%. dear god I hope one of my like really good friends is in class with me because otherwise it's going to be a really long year right right so I think it's like that I mean when you're younger like the black and white like either they're my friend or they're my not or they're not we have something in common we don't yes and so it's like that 
you know, that, but that's how you have to start growing relationships too. Cause of right. course you have to have something in common with, with them. But like, as you get older, you realize, well, not everything has to be in common. Carla, I was thinking in preparation for this pod that I don't even remember how we met. Like, I just like, I don't remember a period not being friends with you. But do you remember the story of why we met? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I think you I will. do. I you think will. I you do. Will. I mean, we you had will. lots of common, common people. Correct. So, so, so again, so that's like what you were used to in high school, common right. people, common interests, right. something in common. Okay. So then where did it go from there? So. It was um, our friend, Michelle, took a leave. So Michelle and I were um, brownstone, um, like not roommates, like hallmates as freshmen at Boston University. We got a brownstone. We didn't didn't get dorms. Brownstones? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were beautiful. beautiful I don't know how Carla scored that like freshman year because- that was not my experience. Yep, this they was just, part of the dorm? Like this was the dorm yeah. system? Yeah. So they just they just redid Whoa. a bunch of brownstones and these punk ass freshmen got the brownstones, which were me and Michelle. Mm-hmm. And so everyone hated you. you know, I don't, <laughs> no one knew the wiser. It was a big, a big college. So, yeah. so no one knew. And Michelle took a leave um, from college for a little bit. And then she re-entered the system and her father designated me as the person to go and choose her roommate for when she re-entered the college system. I think, did she take a, a semester off or was it a whole year? Yeah. It was a semester. Okay. So we're, whatever. She took a semester off and then, she, you know, you go to like the registrar's office and you, you choose your roommates based on pretty much location. So I chose this roommate there was like a few and I was like oh tap like towers that that's a cool dorm it's better than Warren Towers so I like checked that box and then I looked down and I was like oh Courtney Harper that sounds like a lovely name and I checked (laughs) Michelle off with Courtney and so Michelle was my friend okay I chose Courtney as her roommate because you liked her name because I liked her name I had no idea (laughs) yes you did yes you did that's perimenopause memory loss. <laughs> that sounds about right. Wait until Michelle hears this, that you said you have no idea. Of course you knew this. So I, I chose you. And then Courtney walks in to Michelle's dorm room and Alan was hanging out with Michelle and helping um, Michelle like with her bed. Remember you had to get risers yeah. on your bed? Them. Yeah. So yeah. you could fit all your shit underneath. Mm-hmm. So Alan was helping Michelle with that because we were all friends. And then Courtney walked in and Alan recognized Courtney because Alan, Courtney, and our friend Jesse were all friends and used to drink a lot of tequila together the first semester of you. Yeah. And it was like instant from there. Yeah. You were like, hey, our circle was completed. It like it merged. It was like a a Venn diagram that just became a sphere. It was beautiful. Great times there were no labels or anything. It was just like, oh, well, if you like this person mm-hmm. and I like you, then we have to have some sort of commonality. And we all did. Like, but very isn't that funny how you just said commonality, which is like the foundation that we were talking right, yeah. about as being a friendship in when you're in high true. school or elementary school. 
and in college you're just like you're you're together a lot there, there's there's just time and space to just lean into that and we were always together in between classes i mean the the weekend agenda was always sort of shaped together you know if one person was around two other people were there too yeah. it was just and you easier. can always just like in college we had so much downtime which we didn't think we did but you yeah. could just be like we could just meet for coffee and not really talk that much <laughs> just right right i mean how many hours did we pass in the smoking lounge just doing crossword puzzles in silence being in together? silence gosh college was great So I happened to meet my husband at a sorority fraternity party, but the way we went, we both went to Villanova um, and there's no on-campus housing for sororities and fraternities. So every, all of the unofficial houses are off campus. So what happens when there's a sorority and fraternity mixer is that there's this circle. It's like a driving circle. And so that's like the sorority members will basically have to meet there at a certain time and the fraternity members will come around the circle with their cars and they have designated drivers and everything's safe, um, but they'll come and pick the sororities members up and drive them to the house. So I just, right now you can Uber, right? right. I mean, like it's completely different, but yeah, that's the way it works. Well, how did we even get through college without Uber? I don't, I don't know. I was like, what? I was hailing cabs in Boston at uh, I still have after yeah a lot of tequila I don't even know how that <laughs> happened no, okay so tell so, so he so he was the president of the fraternity at that time um he was a fresh he was a junior I was a sophomore so he his car pulled up and one of the older sisters in my sorority was like oh hey this is bags I know bags and like piled me and four of my friends in the car and like she she laughed because she was like oh bags this is herbs because my last name my maiden name is urban so I went by herbs and he went by bags he was like bags this is herbs herbs this is bags and like introduced us in the car and then I was like oh well, she knows him so we're safe which is like right <laughs> right which yeah right I, I wouldn't necessarily tell that to my in daughter my, but in my college yeah. mind Right. Safe. 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 Yeah. Safe. So, but then like that sparked the conversation. It's like, oh, how do you know, you know Carly? Yeah, right, right. Like, how do you, like, whatever. And then like, we continued the party together and then, you know, it went from there. But it's like that knowing someone that introduces you to someone else, and you know, like you immediately have some commonality, right. yeah, yeah. commonality yeah. and some type of comfort. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. they must be okay. When cool. I, with Alan remember I broke like the the only friend rule that we had we didn't have any we were misfits we had no rules the only rule was that you don't date in the group right I, I didn't realize it. you guys were like core friends oh before. yeah oh. yeah remember you and Jesse caught us like making out and like I think you like put squirt guns on us were you oh no, no. Like, Jesse yeah like, like, Chandler, like Chandler and Monica yeah. you guys were hiding yeah. it no, like Jesse like called me in a panic. I think it was, I think he he found you guys out like over the summer and I was interning in DC yes, at the time. DC. And then I think I got like an urgent SOS 
I don't even know how we were communicating at that point. Maybe on like a Nokia cell phone or like a pink razor. I don't know, whatever. And he was like, oh it my God, I just saw Carla and Alan making out like SOS. Fire on the mountain, you know, just like. I know. Which is all fine and good if it works out. I know. But if Ooh. it doesn't, would have sucked. But 20 years later, it worked out. It worked out. All right. So we talked a lot about making friends in high school, making friends in college, but we're removed from that. <laughs> we are 15, 20 years past college. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Decades. It is true. Yeah. Decades. Um, so what about now? Like in our 40s, in our early 40s, how do we make friends? How has it happened over the past decade? 10 years or so, like, how do you find those friends? How do you meet people that you have those commonalities with? I think it's hard for me. It's hard for sure. I know it doesn't happen behind a screen and you really have to get out there. I think that for me, most of my new friend, newer friendships that I've established over the last, you know, let's say five to 10 years have been primarily work friends, like people that were, yeah. I worked with very closely and maybe you know they went on to pursue other things. I went on to pursue other things, but that spark of connection was always, you know, really strong and mm -hmm. carried, carried through sort of outside of, outside of work, which has been really, really cool to see. So, um, so it's like, so before we talked about like common things, which of course you had commonalities with your coworkers, but it's also like proximity for both yep. of them. Like people you're 100%. in high school yeah. with, people you're in college with, that's, it's your proximity, but then you were placed in this environment, this work environment together, kind of threw you in and you have to kind of find the coolest person. <laughs> right. Well, and there's, I mean, there's been, you know, to that point, I mean, there've been people that I've worked with that have been great, right? Like I've had great, great working relationships with, and then you know, you go your own ways and things kind of fizzle a little bit. And so, you know, you do need to cultivate that relationship outside of the work construct for sure to make that happen. I mean, I will say otherwise to the point about, you know, you have to have some sort of common interest. I would just say that I think if you pursue things that you're passionate about and, you you surround yourselves with people who maybe share that passion that's a really good entry point I think at this stage to make new friends um, I mean you guys sort of have almost I would say like built-in sort of friend generators in your children right you guys can but you do you 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 have a greater chance to meet new people with with children I will say the coolest thing, I don't know about you guys, but I think one of the coolest things about friendships in this decade is I actually am not really interested in making new friends. I, I feel like I have a really well-cultivated like group of women, mostly women, but a few men, of course, too, but that, that I just, they are my people, they are my tribe, I love them to death, and you know, some of them I talk to on you know, various text threads, you know, all the time. Others I don't talk to a lot, but I know 
100%, I could call them, text them at any hour of any day, and they will show up for me with, with whatever I need. Mm-hmm. And just having that, uh, like, I feel like I've, uh, I've called, filtered. Call, filtered. right. And not to say those relationships weren't valuable at the time and, and weren't important at all. They were, they just maybe weren't, weren't the longer term friendships that like, for example, Carla and I have, right. Right. I 100% agree with you. I really don't have a drive to make new friends, which is not the greatest for my (laughs) youngest daughter because she's only seven. So it's terrible to say, but like when she has a play date, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's uh, you know, I'll leave her if that's cool. I'm not like that first time mom where I'd be like, oh, can I hang out? And like, maybe we can like connect. I, I just don't do that. And Mm -hmm. I might be missing out, but I feel like, I feel like if there is a person uh, or a a parent of her friends that's worth connecting with. If you had a spark, if you had a spark with a parent, if you had a spark with someone that you felt like a really strong connection to, like you would, you would pursue that. I would know, right? So, so it's funny that you say that because, um, and I'm just thinking in terms of my experience, because, um, Yes. Like, I feel like we're all in agreement at this, at our age right now. We're like, no, I have good friends. I know who I yeah, am. I know out. Yeah. who I can count on. I'm not looking for someone, but you know, if someone appears in your life and you're like, no, I'm getting something from that. Like I'm, I value Benefiting. something from yeah. that. Like there's, you know, there's that connection there. Um, so my oldest is 17. (laughs) And so, and my second oldest is 13. So we were in the place that you were with your oldest. Right. Five years before that. Right. Like looking for friends, like, do we have commonalities? Do we have interests? Like trying to generate that relationship because we moved here when my second was um, almost two. So that's the place we were in. Like they were in elementary school. We were like, oh, are we going to meet uh, like this family is there are they gonna you know are we gonna have a relationship with them whatever so by the time uh, my third was at that age like we weren't looking for friendships we weren't you know we like we had had a base in this community Mm -hmm. like we had friends we had relationships but then my son and Carla's son became friends right so like I wasn't looking for a friendship Right. But like all of a sudden our sons were friends and we talked and it was like, wham, bam, the fairies came to town. (laughs) And here we are. Here we are. Years and years later. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's just, it, it just goes to show like, you know, when there's, when there's a connection, when there's a friendship, you know. Right. Right. And like, and you might feel like you want to force something or you have to go out there and find a friendship. But those true friendships, they just come to you. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, of course, we're the types where, you know, you always want to be open to that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes, absolutely. One last thing um, that I want to just say, and it's probably very selfish, but now in my 40s, with a relationship, friendships that we're talking about, I need to benefit 
from it. It does. And if it's toxic in any way, I'm over it. I, yeah. th- th- that was something I really struggled with in my teens, my twenties, mm-hmm. my thirties. I would, I would be afraid to let something go. And now I'm just like, trim the fat. Let's get it right. Like, yeah. I just don't need that in my life. Mm-hmm. I also think there's something to be said for friendships in this period that is about meet meeting people where where they are I mean I think we're at a very complex decade of life I mean my my I think about my friends right in the last year right there have been parent deaths there have been job losses there have been miscarriages there have been really trying child rearing periods there have been cancer diagnoses yeah cancer I mean just like so So much, much right there's so much life happening right and it's, it's, it's about just showing up for each other and really like not bringing any expectation at all whatsoever <laughs> to, to the, I mean, cause these are, these are just, these people are family at this point and, uh, and it's hard, right? It's just like a very complicated, complicated decade. So I always just try to meet people where they are. And, you know, there's certain friends I know that in my sort of like best friends in my sort of immediate circle of all, you know, are first time moms in their late thirties, early forties right now. And they're like navigating that. And I'm not seeing them as much as I used to. Like, that's okay. That's just, that's just the stage we're in right now. And, Mm -hmm. but like, how else can I support them? And we're still, we're still connected and maybe not seeing each other as much as we once did, but that's just how it is right now. And that's okay. And then that will, you know, ebb and flow right. again, and you'll, you'll right. see them. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Not like not putting pressure on it. Yeah, right. Right. But to go back to like the original definition of relationships, like, you're right, it does have to be some mutual give and take. It can't be one sided. It has to be like, everyone needs to be benefiting from it. Like that's just, 100%. just what any relationship is. All right, Court, before you go, can you please share with us your OMG moment? Do you have one? I do. I have a recent one. Oh, recent oh. One. Um, so like you guys probably, um, my like my my period was on like autopilot for 25 years. Yep. Like it wasn't really like a thing. Like I didn't really think about it. It wasn't the best, but whatever. I just sort of like you know, it wasn't a thing, just total autopilot. And then I turned 40 and everything changed. And my period slash PMS, like would like, you know, has like over the last two years, like basically like taken over my life for like, let's just say like 10 days out of the month. And I like lose my goddamn mind and, you know, all of the things. And, you know, thankfully, with the help of my doctor and, you know, other support resources, I've been able to get a good game plan together. I, you very know, important, very important, right? like, but it's like something I have to manage, but right. I have to like, make sure like, I'm not overscheduling myself that week. I make tweaks right. to my nutrition. I no, no longer autopilot. And even the best laid plans, like sometimes things just go a little sideways. So last month I had one of those months that just like, for whatever reason, was just like a really bad one. I, and it manifested, my PMS manifested itself as 
really intense anxiety and like crazy like body dysmorphia which p.s i partially blame rent the runway for triggering this uh, <laughs> <laughs> great i love rent the runway but it just so happened that that package of clothing that i ordered <laughs> nothing really fit and poorly you know, time yeah poorly tears, <laughs> you know my husband was like let's just go get an ice cream cone you know it's just like crazy so anyway i'm in this very like sort of like manic like body dysmorphia place. And I do what I absolutely shouldn't do, which is I go on my phone and start scrolling the gram. And OMG, you guys, I start getting served all of this crazy advertising. And it's funny because I work in advertising. So like, I know, like I, I academically understand like how this works. Like the, right. the algorithm. Yeah. Right. The algorithm. But I start getting served these ads that are like, here's how you can fight your perimenopausal uh, belly and try this powder for to speed up your like 40 metabolism. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I should buy this powder. I don't know like what is going on. And like, just like going like crazy. And it like, you know, totally made me like crazy in my head. And it like sent me down these like weird rabbit holes. And like, I came out of it. So I was like, holy cow, like this is insane and like p.s like i haven't been researching any of this i haven't been talking about any of this maybe i did have a meltdown to my husband but other than that and like, your phone it, was in the proximity to hear it yeah, right. my phone was nearby but like how does how does the phone know i am in this like crazy manic pms like anxiety body dysmorphia place <laughs> and serves me this crazy advertising and so i mean i guess the lesson in all this is like just stay off your phone social medias so right. i was gonna say i i think that the real lesson to circle back to is don't pick up your phone to look at social media pick up your phone to, to call, call a, a friend. friend yes absolutely but we've all been there so i get it <laughs> yeah it was just one of those like omg moments where i'm like how am i getting served ads about, and I was like, take this quiz to find out what your hormone thing. And I'm like, like, oh, I think I like maybe I should stop. Maybe I should stop weight training. Maybe I should just do yoga. Crazy. What am I doing? It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate talking to you. And it's been a great, a great ride. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of fun, you guys. I've had a blast. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, friend. Um, and keep up the great work. I love the pod and can't wait to tune in for future episodes. Bye. Thanks, Court. Love you. Bye. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on today's episode. You can listen to us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, like us. <laughs> you can contact us at perimenopauseomg at gmail.com. That's perimenopause, spelled like my last name, P-E-R-R-Y, menopause, the letters O-M-G at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram and our Facebook page at perimenopauseomg period. The, the end. end.